Well, kia ora and welcome to the Dawn Chorus on Wednesday, June the 16th. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Today the focus is on house prices uh, and interest rates, as it often is. Um, the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand put its figures out yesterday for the year to the end of May. And this is the first figures which show actual house price sales data. It showed that um, there simply aren't enough houses on the market to um, drive prices down. In fact, uh, supplies are about half what they were um, in normal Mays. And um, with plenty of demand from home buyers who uh, have plenty of equity in their existing homes uh, and plenty of lending from banks, then uh, prices are continuing to rise. So in May, house prices were 29.8% higher than a year ago. That's a new record high. And it's clear that the moves in November, when the government changed the Reserve Bank's mandate to talk about house price sustainability as a factor it considers when it sets interest rates, and the March 23 uh, interest deductibility shock, neither of those have really cooled the market that much, um, despite expectations. So much so that ASB increased its in pri house price inflation forecast for this year from 10% to 15% this morning. What's going on here? Well, the Reserve Bank, it turns out, um, wasn't that keen on the idea of having to think about sustainable or affordable house prices in its mandate for monetary policy. We've got uh, reporting yesterday from Bloomberg uh, from OEA responses from Treasury and Reserve Bank showing that Treasury advised the government that um, imposing this housing affordability mandate on the Reserve Bank wouldn't do much to house prices. And the Reserve Bank also pushed back on the use of the word affordable in the mandate. They suggested that affordable would require some actual tethering to actual affordable measures such as incomes and interest rates and the likes. Uh, so the Reserve Bank said, no, let's go for sustainable, which is much closer to the financial stability mandate that the Reserve Bank has. So they're not so much worried about whether people can afford these houses, but whether or not the banking system will collapse. So the government in the end went with the word sustainable rather than affordable. And lo and behold, in the monetary policy statement that came out last month, Reserve Bank said, we've had a good close look at house prices and it turns out they are sustainable given the current low level of interest rates and the poor housing supply and the population growth. It did say, however, that it's possible house price inflation could slow, i.e. Not, not prices fall, but inflation could slow because of various changes in taxes and maybe population and maybe, maybe. Essentially, the Reserve Bank was saying, yes, uh, house prices are unaffordable, but at these levels and with all the background things going on, they're sustainable. Uh, what does this all mean? Well, um, the government, let's face it, doesn't really want to uh, create housing affordability. If it did, that would mean house prices halved or dropped a third at least. And um, the government has already said it will not do anything to um, drive prices lower. So those people hoping for housing affordability at best can hope that there's no house price inflation from now on and that wages catch up. That'll take 50 years. Or that, um, actually, no, that's the only hope. So um, also overnight, Australia signed a free trade agreement with Britain. Uh, that's good news for us because we're trying to get one as well. And that will set the template for us 
Uh, looks like um, lamb and beef tariffs are going to be phased out over a decade. That's in the Australian Free Trade Agreement. Uh, the Australians had some interesting things to give up. The Brits wanted to remove the requirement that British backpackers in Australia uh, have to work on an Australian farm for three months before they can extend their one-year work visas by another year. Well, that uh, clause has been removed, so much easier for backpackers in Australia. And that's good news for Australian businesses too, because normally they rely on about 140,000 backpackers at any one time. It's currently down to 40,000 backpackers because of COVID, and about 20,000 of those backpackers are, are Brits. So they're very keen to have the, the British backpackers stay on and work for longer. And it looks like the Australians have managed to squeeze out of the Brits um, an extension to work visas for Australians to three years and lifting the age limit for um, Australians on OE in Britain to 35 from 30. Now, if that's repeated here, that is significant because um, we have a lot of New Zealanders who have to go to Britain before they're 30. Uh, this would allow um, quite a few New Zealanders to go to Britain who weren't able to, if it's if it goes through. We'll see Damien O'Connor is in Europe at the moment for uh, talks on free trade agreements with Britain and the EU. Uh, watch out lower down um, for um, some good long reads on um, a book about Jacinda Ardern. It's not a very good one. And um, please do watch the um, arrival of Stephen Colbert uh, back at the Ed Sullivan Theatre. It, um, it made me happy. Uh, I suspect it may make you happy as well. And um, there's also good news on the flu front. It turns out that New Zealand has had hardly any flu again. Um, same as last year. Um, that's great news. Thank, uh, we can thank COVID for that, at least. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was the Dawn Chorus on June the 16th for the Kaka.